Well, it's good to be together, and it's good to sing together. I'm Tim, I'm the vicar here. And just for a few moments, I want to give us some food for thought as we think about Christmas together. Well, as you might already know, two weeks ago, Bristol Airport proudly unveiled a new feature in the airport. A new facility by use for anyone. A shining example of thoughtfulness, convenience and inclusivity. And crucially, it had a spiritual aspect to it. Um, let me read for you their tweet. Let's read it together. This week, we've opened a new multi-faith area in the free waiting zone. Located just off the Silver Zone roundabout, the new area provides customers with a private space to reflect and pray whilst waiting to collect friends, family, or loved ones. Well, that sounds jolly nice, doesn't it? It's free, it's available for anyone. Um, you know, people can go and encounter the divine on the Silver Zone roundabout. Um, and this proud tweet, this has gone viral. This was viewed 14.2 million times. And that's probably because the multi-faith area looked like this. Now look, I'm not saying that that must be some kind of joke, um, that that's clearly a bus stop, or that this is somehow symptomatic of everything that's wrong with our society. I'm not saying those things, but people on Twitter certainly did. So I'd like to read for you some of their replies to the tweet. Mike said this, it's absolutely beautiful. And congrats to the photographer for capturing it so well. Is he being sarcastic? Jamie said, you've stuck a sticker on the smoking area. You aren't fooling anyone. Sergey said, had to check several times to see if this isn't a parody account. Kasima Charlton asked, is it available for weddings? Tom Harwood asks, are you proud of this? And I, you know, I think Bristol Airport's answer to that question is, yes, we are proud of it. Look, here's the thing we've done. We've put it up. It's in the free waiting zone on the Silver Zone roundabout. And the internet's response basically has been to say, really? You, really, you're proud of that? Okay, okay, really? Are you sure? Is this, a, is this a joke? Are you having us on? But nonetheless, they thought it was worth something celebrating. If we can have the slide down now, Duncan. They thought it was something worth celebrating. As in, here's something that we're proud of. But did you know that celebration is right at the heart of the Christmas story? So I wonder if 2023 has been a year worth celebrating for you. When you think back over this year, do you look back with moments of joy, moments of thankfulness? Or perhaps you were here tonight thinking, goodness me, I can't wait for this year to be over. What's been worth celebrating for you this year. Because as I say, celebration is right at the heart of Christmas. In Luke's Gospel, we just had read for us, the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a saviour has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. The angels say to the shepherds, we have such good news. We've got such good news that it's going to cause great joy for everyone. Jesus Christ has been born. But he's not just another baby boy. He is the Messiah. He's the Lord. In other words, there's something to celebrate. There's some good news. God has come in love to save us. Joy is at the heart of Christmas. 
That's why we have such a subtle and discreet sign behind me with the letters to say joy. We just thought, yeah, we need something small and sort of out of the way. So we got that. Joy is at the heart of Christmas. Think about the carols we've been singing. Oh, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. From Hark the Herald Angels Sing, which we'll sing in a bit. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. And then it says something, all ye nations rise. What does it say? Joyful, all ye nations rise. And then one of my favorites that we've just sung together, something to the world. Joy to the world. Joy to the world. Why do all these songs say joy? Why do they have the word joy in them? It's because joy is at the heart of Christmas. At the heart of Christmas is something worth celebrating, being joyful about. And it's that God loves us so much that he has come for us. Now this is put in different ways in the Bible. We've heard it already in different ways. The prophet Isaiah described God's coming, this joyful news, like a light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. John, the disciple of Jesus, described the coming of Christ like this. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. So how did this light come? How did God come to bring joy to us? Well, it says the word became flesh and the word is to say that is Jesus Christ. Jesus is God's whole message to us. But the way that God speaks to us, the way he communicates is by becoming human, by becoming flesh, by coming as a baby boy dwelling among us. So let's just be clear about it. The Christian claim is that 2,000 years ago, God showed up in a manger in Bethlehem as a little boy. And let's have the picture of the bus stop up again. And what I think we could do is we could stick some hay in this and we could stick a manger. And that would be a bit like the place that God came. Just as obscure, just as out of the way. You know, we could do a tour of the um, multi-faith prayer zone on the silver zone roundabout, couldn't we? You could come with me, I'm a vicar, it would feel far more spiritual if you do that. And we could go there and we could investigate, is God here? Is God here? Is, can you really meet God? in Bristol Airport. Well, actually, God has come. And he's come in such a way that it's just like, it's just that out of the way. It's just like coming, actually, at Bristol Airport. And that is worth celebrating. That's worth having joy about. Again, if we can have that slide down now. I don't know how you might relate to the idea of God. You might well say that you aren't sure if he's up there, if he's out there, or that when you look at the world, surely there can't be a God. If you're a praying person, you might find yourself praying for the conflict between Israel and Hamas at the moment. And when we look at that conflict taking place in the land that Jesus was born in, we might say, surely if there's a good God, how can there be such darkness? If God's really real, that wouldn't be taking place when we consider the darkness of the world. How can there be a God, we might say? And then when we look closer to home, when we look at how people treat one another, maybe how you've been treated, even in our own lives, I wonder what darkness we might have seen. But Christmas tells us that God has shone a light into the darkness, to be a light in the darkness. 
And that light first shone in the obscurity and humility of a place like Bethlehem. John, a follower of Jesus, was talking about the coming of Jesus when he described this. In him, that is Jesus, was life. And that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. Christmas tells us that a light has come into the world, and this is a joyful, good thing. And why would God come like that? What does that mean to say that God has come? What does it mean to say that he's come as light? Well, in a moment, we're going to sing my favourite carol, and possibly yours, Hark the Herald Angels Sing. And in the first verse, we're going to sing these words. Hark the Herald Angels Sing, Glory to the Newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. So why can we have joy? It's because God's light brings peace on earth and mercy mild. God's light shining in the darkness means that God was bringing peace and mercy, peace for all the darkness of this world, the darkness of conflict and so on. And God was bringing mercy for all the darkness of our sin. Sin, which is the word that the Bible gives to the things that we do wrong, is at the heart of the darkness we see in our world and in ourselves. And it's right at the centre, our sin is right at the centre of our separation from each other and God. When we look into our world or our city and we see injustice and suffering and even death, we're seeing the effects of sin. Perhaps when we consider our own lives and what we've done, we're seeing sin too. We're seeing all that separates us from God. All of us have sinned, yet the good news is, the good news that causes great joy is that God has come to save us. God came in Jesus as a little boy to be a saviour, to live a perfect life, to die a sinner's death on the cross in our place, taking on himself all that separates us from God and each other so that darkness would not have the victory anymore. And that's why the angels say we've got good news of great joy. The promised saviour has come. And because of that, another birth can take place, if you like. The disciple of Jesus, John, promised that to all that received Jesus, to all that believed in his name, he's given all of us the right to become children of God. And we, you might think, well, we're all children of God. Yeah, God might have made us all, as that video showed us right at the beginning. God has created everything. He's created you. But he offers you a chance to come into his family, to be his child, not just through creation, but through adoption. Jesus' birth means you can be born of God, reconciled to him, and brought into his family. I wonder how you respond to that. You might be thinking, Tim, chill out, mate. All this chat of darkness and sin. You know, I'm here for the carols and a mince pie, maybe a cheeky bit of mulled wine. Chill out. Well, we all do respond differently. Let me read for you a short story. In a mother's womb were two babies. One asked the other, do you believe in life after delivery? The other replied, why, of course, there has to be something after delivery. Maybe we're here to prepare ourselves for what will be later. Nonsense, said the first, there is no life after delivery. What kind of life would that be? The second said, I don't know, but there'll be more light than here. Maybe we'll walk with our legs and eat from our mouths. Maybe we will have other senses that we can't understand now. The first replied, that's absurd. Walking's impossible and eating with our mouths, ridiculous. 
The umbilical cord supplies nutrition and everything we need. But the umbilical cord is so short. Life after delivery is to be logically excluded. The second insisted, well, I think there is something and maybe it's different than it is here. Maybe we won't need this physical cord anymore. The first replied, nonsense. And moreover, if there is life, then why has no one ever come back from there? Delivery is the end of life. And in the after delivery, there is nothing but darkness and silence and oblivion. It takes us nowhere. Well, I don't know, said the second, but certainly we'll meet mother and she'll take care of us. The first replied, mother, you actually believe in mother? That's laughable. If mother exists, then where is she now? The second said, she's all around us. We're surrounded by her. We are of her. It is in her that we live. Without her, this world would not and could not exist. Said the first, well, I don't see her. So it's only logical that she doesn't exist. I wonder which baby you identify with. Maybe like the first, it seems evident to you, obvious, that there must be more to life than this. Or maybe you're more like the second baby who would logically exclude the possibility of a God you cannot see. But the Christian claim is this, that God has revealed himself and he came as a baby. If you like, God answered that second baby who says, well, I can't see God, so therefore he can't be real. God has come. God has come in Jesus Christ. He has shown himself and he's come to give his life for you and I. And that is something worth celebrating. And look, I know that me saying God has shown up in a stable in Bethlehem 2,000 years ago is a little bit like saying you can meet God on the Silver Zone roundabout at Bristol Airport. But just as Bristol Airport was so proud of what they've done, they thought this is worth celebrating so you and I can celebrate at Christmas because God has come for us. In Jesus, we can know and see a light in the darkness and that really is good news of great joy. And I pray that this Christmas time, you would find light and you would find life. Amen.